Welcome to a new month, a new week, and a new series, and a new episode of the NACF Podcast. And for the month of February, we're in the Jesus Love series. And for this first week, we're talking about the house that marriage is. But for the whole month, we're going to be talking about marriage and family, relationships, how to build a relationship, how to maintain a relationship, things to look for to keep your relationship healthy. This first episode, we're talking about the house that marriage built. Pastor Sharonda Manor Foster. Somebody else's. And we're trying to design ours to look like that, and ours is not that. We have to be in our own. We have to be where we are. Improper foundation design. Before we get started, we'd like to give you the opportunity to partner with us, and that's by sowing a seed and then to this ministry so we can keep producing these podcasts, our YouTube videos, our Facebook Live to continue to reach people who are looking to meet Jesus, change their life, and find their purpose. Now, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can text New Antioch, all one word, to 77977. Next, you can use Cash App. That's New A Aliante, two A's. And please use your government name so we can give you the proper credit. You can visit our website. That's newantioch-aliante.org. Follow the Donate tab, and it'll take you safely and securely. You can mail it in. That's 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100, North Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, on to the episode. Thank you, Lord. We can't live without you. We just won't make it without you. There's none like you. Jesus. They really could just say Jesus and not say nothing more. Because everything is in his name. It's all encompassing. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. He's the whole package. As you can see on today, this is our day of communion. And sometimes we have the dance team to come forward or we'll have an extra spoken word for you because we like to celebrate our communion day. And so, praise team, you guys can uh, come down if you want, but I want y'all to stay with me even if you go to your seat because I want to share with them something. That as I begin to prepare the message for today, and for a lot of you, you even came, thank you all who came to visit today because you know that we're in February and this is our love month. Jesus loves. And as I was um, preparing, because all month we're going to be um, talking about marriage and family. I don't know where that music is coming from. But all month we're going to be talking about a marriage and family. But as I was preparing uh, for today, I don't know if you all understand that Jesus will sing over you. It says that God sings over you. And as I began to do this, even though I'm talking about marriage and family, this song kept coming up in my spirit. And when I'm in my home, my husband's probably tired of hearing it because it was just over and over and over and over. And so as they were singing Jesus, I'm like, absolutely. 
because he's been reminding me all week, last night, every time I sat down to write, then this song would come up in my spirit. And so I just wanted us just to rest here for a moment. We're going to take communion at the end of our service on today. But it was just a reminder. And I'm, I'm a, I ain't going to sing too hard like I was singing at home because I got the praise team. But I want you to hear the words first. It says, Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch. Like you and me, that's love. We talking about love, y'all. That's love. That's it. Y'all know what else? They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head. For me, he died. That's love. That's love. Let me go back to the top. Yeah? Okay. Jesus? Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. That's love. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head. For me, he died. That's love. Let me tell you a story. My grandfather is in his 80s, and his wife passed last year. And I was sitting with him, and he's, he's sad, and he misses her terribly. And he said, he asked me, he said, what's love anyway? He's been asking everybody that would sit with him, what's love anyway? Trying to figure out what it is. And so as this was just rolling over and over in my spirit, I said, that's love. For somebody, and for those of you who don't know this song, like I don't know what song you all are singing. This is a song about Jesus going to Calvary. For those of you who don't know, he, he walked up a hill for us. He was beaten and whipped for us for the salvation of man because we were separated from God. But God sent his son Jesus down here to die for our sin. He put himself in our place. The hill that he walked up to that the Romans uh, already had set for crucifixion was on the hill. They call it Calvary. He was already beaten and um, they had already crushed a crown of thorns in his head, his body already looked like hamburger meat and then he had to carry this heavy cross up this hill and they said he, he went to Calvary for me, for you and then when he got there, if you guys are not familiar they would put them on a cross and then they would hang the people, their body on this cross this is a true form of crucifixion. This is not only in the Bible, but this is the way they punished criminals. And even on the day that Jesus walked that hill, he wasn't the only criminal that was put 
to death that day. I guess I should say he was the only one that wasn't a criminal that was put to death on that day. But there were three of them that was set for the death penalty on that day. And so when we sing this song, you all, he, he, he decided to do it for us. And I know some of you just don't get that far into the theological thinking. You don't get that far in the study of the Bible. But once you understand, then you understand that your life would not be as it is today. You would be so carried away in sin. You, you would just be out of your mind in every foul thing that you ever wanted to do. And then you'd have to pay the price for it. But when it says that they, they hung him high, they hung him on that, and then they, they stretched him wide, they put his arms out, pinned his feet down. He was choking. He couldn't breathe up there. And it just says that he took that walk for us. Every now and then, you all, we have to get sober enough of ourselves. It's all about me. It's all about my issue. Every now and then, we have to get sober. I mean, come to self and understand what really is going on. For those of you who said, I don't know if I believe any of this. Every now and then, you sit in a quiet place and you try to take yourself all the way back to the beginning. If it's not this, then what is it? If it's not God, if he didn't create this, then what is it? Come off of the service and the white man wrote the Bible and, and this did that. Come off of that and know it for yourself. What Jesus did. But they say he blonde and blue eyes. What do you know? What do you know about where he came from? Find out for yourself. Stop saying about they and get into me because I found out for myself who he is. And so as I was, I'm trying to talk about us and I'm going to talk about us on today. But every time I sat down to write, he said, Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. What is love? That's love. That's love. Yeah. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head. For me, he died. That's love. And then that's one more part. That's love. This the good part. The best part. That's not how the story ends. Three days later, he rose again. That's love. That's love. But that's not how the story is. Three days later, he rose again. That's love. That's love. Let's take 
take it from the top one more time y'all sing with me jesus went to calvary to save a wretch like you and me that's love i got a few people that understand that's love they hung him high they stretched him wide he hung his head for me he died that's love to a women's day over at the other, the very first church over on main campus and I was so green y'all, I, I didn't know and they had a game a little icebreaker to start and they asked everybody to or write down the greatest love story ever told and me and my sister already knew, it was, I already knew what the greatest love story was at that time we was reading Ice Bird Slim uh, uh yeah, icebergs in, uh, and Donald Coins. Best love story ever told, Daisha, was Black Girl Lost. It ain't but two people that understand about that book, but it was the best love story I had ever read. And I remember pastors walking around the room, and she's looking at, what story did you put? I'm like, Black Girl Lost. And she said, oh. That's, that's the best love story. Yeah, you ain't never read that book. Until. Iceberg Slim, I don't know if that was based on a true story or not that he wrote that book. It was a true story. But I found the true story that got me in and I'm in the story. And that, that love came for me came and picked me up and brought me back and built me back up and spoke life into me and turned me into whoever y'all see today. I don't know. All I know is that's not how the story ends. Cause three days later, he rose again. That's love. Your story don't end right here. That's more because we serve a risen king. Yeah, tell yourself. That's not how the story ends. Three days later, he rose again. That's love. Ah, that's just love. That's just love. I guess I'll leave it right there. I could just float on off, y'all. That's the way I feel. 
I feel the presence of God in the room. He's been serenading me all night and all morning. And I was trying to find somebody who was singing the song. And, um, and so I went and found it. And, and so that's just my love song. And that is our communion celebration. And we are going to remember and honor um, Jesus um, after this, but let's stand all over the place before you sit down. There is, there is a word. That was a word anyway, but there is a word for you in the house. Um, you all know that we are in our marriage and family series. We're going to be doing this the whole month of February. February is love month, black history month, um, all of that is, is heart healthy month. And so we're going to talk about it, but right here at Aliante, um, marriage, and family is at the center, and we're going to shine a spotlight on it. We're going to keep doing it all year. Before this month, it is at the center. And so let's read together. We're going to start in Proverbs 24, um, 3 and 4, and that's in the Amplified Version. And then we're going to go to Matthew 7, 24 and 25 in the New King James Version. So let's read that together. Through skillful and godly wisdom, a house a life, a home, a family is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And then Matthew 7, uh, 24 and 25. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. You may have your seats in the place. You may have your seats. Let me talk to this side over here. I'll huff, and I'll puff. And I'll blow your house down. Let me talk to the center. I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. I'll huff and I'll puff. And I'll blow your house down. This is the story of the three little pigs. Most of you understand where I'm, I'm quoting from. The story was written over in the early 1900s, maybe even the late 1800s. But the lessons of the story are still relevant today. And it's perfect for our time together on this afternoon. We're in a, a year, a series of just Jesus, and that's what we're talking about. We're going to binge Jesus all year long. Last month, we talked about Jesus saves. We got the banners. We're going to build them up here on the stage. But this month is, is Jesus loves. We have dedicated this to marriage and family. Marriage and family is a God idea. This is God's idea, not something that we just came up with. Do you know that in the first six days of God's creating the world, 
as he was creating night and day and the skies and the sea and the trees and the plants and the, and the sun and the moon, the creatures in the sea and the land creatures walking around. Do you know that before he rested, that he created man and woman? Before he rested, he put the first couple together. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. How many married folk in the place? I see you, I see you. God, I don't know, I don't know who officiated your wedding. I don't know who married y'all. But God was the officiant in the wedding of Adam and Eve. Could you see him standing there officiating over this man and this woman? That's what he said, Marius. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here in the sight of all that I just created. I just put it together to join together this man and this woman. God officiated this. I don't know who married you. I don't know what they said over you. But as God officiated this wedding, he had a blessing for the man and the woman. I pray that your officiant blessed you. As he was standing there, he said to them, be fruitful and increase. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish, the birds, and every living creature on the ground. Before he was done creating, before he rested, he officiated the first wedding. Marriage is a God idea. We talked about the story of the, the three little pigs. One was lazy and built his house the quickest and the easiest way out of straw. He put his house together in one day. The other one, the second one, he was more practical. He didn't think the straw would work. The first one put his house together with straw, but he was a bit more practical, so he used sticks. He put his house together in two days. But the last one, he was more dedicated to building his house and took the time to gather bricks and mortar. He built walls. And a chimney. He carefully built his house. It took him longer. And he had to work harder. But he liked his home and what he had built. Because he knew his home was the sturdiest one. Today I want to talk to you about the house that marriage built. That house. For those of you who are married, I want to talk about the house that your marriage built. If you're single in this place, and boy, you're in a good spot if you're single in this place. I want, because y'all get, get a heads up. 
We didn't get a heads up. We didn't got married and nobody did. We didn't look for nothing. Nobody told us nothing. But if you're single in this place, I'm glad that you're here because you've decided I'm going to get this right. Y'all single people are in the best place. Some of those other people are looking around like, what house did my marriage build? But if you're single, I want to talk to you about the house that you would like to build, that you, that you will uh, build. I, you're in the best place because now you get to talk to some people who've already built it. And we're going to talk about what their houses look like in a minute. You get to talk to somebody who've learned some lessons that can tell you what to do and what not to do. You all get to hear some secrets uh, of the best builders and the pitfalls uh, of those that they fell into. Oh, this is going to be good. This is about the house that marriage built I specifically want to talk about the foundation of the house the foundation is the basis or the groundwork of anything foundation the natural or prepared ground or base on which the structure rests the foundation gives the structure the ability to stand in case um, in this case, what the foundation is, is what is your marriage built on? I want to liken the foundation that we talk to into a building of a house, a, a literal house, a, a natural house. We were able to witness my brother build uh, his own home. And so I want to pull some things about when you build a home in the natural as to when you're building a home or a, a foundation in your marriage. A proper foundation does more than just hold the house above ground. Building foundations also keep moisture out, insulates against the cold, and resists movement of the earth around it. And oh, one more thing, a good foundation, it should last forever. There are houses that are still standing, literal houses in this United States that were built years and years, hundreds of years, and they're still standing because of their foundation let's look at some of the foundations that marriage is built on and and maybe you'll find yours here in the group and and I want I meant to say this earlier because some of you raised your hand and some of you are sitting here with your spouse if it gets hot in here just keep looking straight Don't, don't, don't look to the left or the right. Just look straight. They'll just think you're really into the message on today. But let's look at some of the foundations that marriage is built on. Love and compassion. Oh, that's the foundation for marriage to be Because we was in love. And so we decided that we didn't want to live without one another and that we should be together forever. So some, some houses, they're built on love. Some other houses, the foundation of your marriage is companionship and security. Marriage can provide a sense of companionship and support. When two people marry, they become a team. They can support one another. They can move through life's ups and downs. They don't, maybe they're not in all that love, but you're bringing me some companionship and some support and some security. Another foundation is children. 
Some of us have placed our marriage on children. For some of us, we got pregnant before the marriage. And so it was, we might as well get married now. For some of you, you were waiting to have children. And I don't want to have children until I'm with my husband or with my wife. So children was the foundation because I was ready to have children. Then we got married. For some of you, it's religion. It is your religion. It's important. It's a religious right and a way to fulfill your spiritual beliefs if you get married. I heard a lady who was uh, married for 51, almost 52 years. And I know this is a saying that they say. I don't know it. She said it was better to marry than to burn. And I guess they told them, you're going to be sneaking around and tipping around and trying to have sex. You're going to burn. You're going to H-E-L-L. So a lot of people decide to marry. Because they don't want to get in trouble with God. Doesn't mean that there's any love there. Any companionship or security. But I don't want to get in trouble with God and my body is calling me. And, and so there's the foundation of, thank you. I got, a, I got a church kid that's in the grid. Some of y'all are like, that was not where I was supposed to be. Some of you, it was. You just did not want to get in trouble. But some of you just didn't want to displease God. And so I don't want to down nobody's foundation. Another reason or foundation is societal expectations. It's normal for you to get married. A, a woman is stressing out because she's getting past marrying age. Your family is pressing you. Why aren't you married yet? And, and when are you going to get married? It's a societal norm that you ought to be married by now. And so some of us are really fretting around because we're not married yet. Some people are marrying for, for these reasons. And, and if, if one of your foundations is in that, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with either of these being the foundation as long as both man and woman are in agreement when you lay the foundation. If you all have agreement that this is what we agreed to when we came into this marriage, this is our, our foundation, whether it be love or companionship, security, children, religion, societal expectations, whatever it might be, if we're in agreement, then we're saying this is the way we're going to carry out this marriage. The only problem is, is when there is not agreement. The scripture says, through skillful and godly wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. Non-agreement or misunderstanding can be the cause of foundation failure. And that's what I want to talk about today. If you're on a solid foundation, and this is what I prayed, that you all would even know what your marriage was built on. What is your foundation? Even if it's not in that list, did y'all even talk about it? Do you know why 
And if you're not in agreement, then this is what we need to talk about on today. Because some people thought that we were, the foundation of ours was love. But the other person thought it was for finances or security. I thought it was for the children. I thought you, but now you're expecting something from me that we did not lay out in this foundation. So let's talk about it. We are quiet today. When building a house, I want to talk about the things that can cause foundation failure. So you built it, but now something's going on in the foundation. One of the things that can cause foundation failure is poor soil conditions. The ground that you placed your house on or your marriage on was not solid. Poor soil conditions. Somebody was unsure about entering into this relationship, but y'all was still going on ahead with the foundation. Somebody had some apprehension. I'm not sure if I should do that, but they never said that, and so they carried on, and so the soil was not set for you to sit anything on it. Some people entered in a wrong motive. The motive was not right, and you all still went ahead and laid that foundation. Somebody was unhealthy. I should have never made a decision for marriage because I was not in a good place place I tell my husband this and we can laugh about it now but when we considered getting married and and now when I look back over the first three years and no, no disrespect to anybody I just said I was I was off crazy and he was off crazy it was our past relationships and they were so wild for both of us and now here we are together trying to make a serious decision and neither one of us was healthy enough to lay a foundation for marriage. We were not healthy because we was all crazy and crazy are. The people had us twisted. But some of us, we're not healthy. You're not healthy from childhood. You're not healthy from the divorce. You're not, you're not healthy from being by yourself. But now you're laying a foundation and you entered into an agreement that you were not healthy enough to make. You entered into agreement as a might as well. I might as well go ahead. Or I might not get anybody else. Or I don't know if they're going to stay with me. And you were not healthy enough to make the decision. And so it causes foundation Failure, another reason is it was forced on you. You were forced to get married. Wrong mode. I had to get married. I had nowhere to live. I had to get married. They were going to take my kids. I had to get married. I didn't have any money. I had to get married. They was going to beat me up. I had to. Poor soil conditions. Fearful and lost. I just needed somebody. I just needed someone. And that person, though unhealthy, was who I laid my, who else was? There wasn't nobody else around. And so I laid a foundation with them. Another cause of poor soil conditions, and you've been together a long time. We've been dating for so long, we might as well get married. That goes back to that marry or burn or however that went. But that doesn't mean that they're right. And why haven't y'all gotten married before now? It takes some thinking to do. 
I, that was my situation. I had to think about it. Because we were all crazy and crazy. We were together for a long time, and we were doing life together. But now it was time to lay a foundation. Are we ready for this? And it can't be a might as well. Because marriage is a God idea. And he takes it serious. So don't give God a might as well when you're getting married. And you went ahead and did it anyway, even though somewhere in your mind said, I probably shouldn't do it. But you did. Foundation failure, poor soil conditions. The next one is lack of proper drainage. This causes foundation failure for all of those. And, and if those people who are single, pay attention. But you can install these things in your foundation before the house is built. Some of us are having to go in, and we're going to talk about that later, and reconstruct the foundation. But one of the causes for foundation failure is lack of proper drainage. There's no communication in the relationship, there's no way for the stuff to flow out. No way for the emotions to get out, for the issues to get out. There's no flow in there, so you don't have proper drainage. And so your underneath your house starts to back up. Your foundation starts to buckle because there's no drainage for things to get out. Walls begin to start to crack. There's no healthy place to express feelings, concerns, or emotions. I can't tell you nothing. I can't talk to you. I don't know how you're going to react, or it could be my own issue. I remember what happened the last time I tried to express my feelings, and so there's absolutely no drainage in this house. And so our foundation is, is cracking. It's a poor foundation. Our foundation is failing. You're unable to release the issues, so you just cover them up and keep on moving because I can't say anything. No drainage in your foundation means bitterness and resentment set in. I can't tell you how dangerous it is for your foundation not to have drainage. Your people, the people in your house, you husband and wife, you have to be able to get that stuff off of you and out of the house. There has to be proper drainage in the house or bitterness and resentment will set in. Bitterness is unresolved hurt and disappointment. I can't tell you that I'm hurting that I'm disappointed because I don't want to hurt your feelings and I don't want to start a fight and I don't want to keep starting something but that bitterness sits in me because there's no way to release it. This house don't have proper drainage. We can't communicate real stuff. You think it's all about you when you get in your feelings and you want to leave and you want to start a fight. It's not all about you. We need a place to release. I got to be able to say something to you without you getting mad and upset. Without you saying, well, maybe we didn't even get a divorce. No, we just need to be able to open this stuff up and let it drain. Because otherwise, it's sitting in the house. Resentment is true displeasure expressed towards someone as a result from a wrong, an insult, an injury, either real, imagined, or unintentional. I'm resentful now. And you don't know. 
not even paying attention to your spouse. You, why are they mad all the time? Why they got an attitude all the time? Why are they gone all the time? Resentment and bitterness has said, and it shows up as anger, shows up as being despondent, shows up as being numb, shows up as being, be, uh, being preoccupied with something else because they have become resentful of the hurt and it's going on and on and on and on and I can't tell you. Some of it we don't tell because I don't know if I even got a right to feel how I feel but it's making me mad. And you don't notice. Spouse, you don't notice that your spouse has become resentful you make a joke about it. You tell other people, I don't know why he acts like that. My girl, she be tripping. <laughs> but that's because resentment has set in. You all, we have to, and we're going to get to it, be able to open up proper drainage. But that's a cause for foundation failure. Another cause for a foundation failure is improper foundation design. Single people, I want you all to be taking notes because you're going to avoid some of this stuff that some of these married folk fell into. Improper foundation design on your house. You embased your house on someone else's house. Your house was not designed to be like that. But you based it off of mama's house. I want my house to be like mama them. Or I don't want it to be nothing like theirs. And so your whole goal is I will not be her. I will not be them. And so you're still basing your foundation. You got a custom fit, but you're trying to make it look like theirs. You're trying to look like TV. You're trying to look like your dream. You're not re in reality about what yours really looks like. And so you keep peeking out the window, looking across the yard. Sure does look like they're getting along. Look how he holds her hand. Look how they come to church together. Look how he talks to her. Look at him. He's with her. They sit together. I got my own house. I didn't lay my own foundation. But I'd rather it look like yours. They got a lot of money over there. Oh, it looked like she got a new ring. Oh, he got a new truck. Wow. We all over. And somebody else's. And we're trying to design ours to look like that. And ours is not that. We have to be in our own we have to be where we are. Improper foundation design is a foundation that was built on something that wasn't the truth. Or it was built on something that couldn't last. Oh God, if, you're, if your foundation is money, and we came together because you had money and I had money or I had money and we can have money and we can build this house together and we're going to sustain this because we got money. What happens when there's no money? 
What happens when there's, oh my God, I've seen people lose their mind. When there's no money, you cannot build your foundation of your marriage on money. Money comes and goes. You can win or lose. But you have to have a foundation that your marriage can stand on. And it can't be money and it can't be looks. I know, I know. I know, some of y'all, some of y'all just got them, him and her. Because of how they looked. I see y'all, y'all compliment the other fellas, man, she, you gotta, you got that. And then you look at home, she don't look like that. She don't look nothing like that. But you built your foundation on looks. And that shit don't look like that anymore. You cannot build a foundation that's going to last forever on looks. She's going to get old. He's going to get old. He ain't going to always have that curl. Huh? He ain't gonna always had that nice hair. He ain't gonna always had those deep waves. They can and will leave. And what you gonna do? You gonna be looking around like I gotta find me somebody got some hair. I gotta find me somebody that's still skinny. I gotta find me somebody with no gray hair. I gotta find me. It cannot be built. That is an improper foundation design because it cannot last. It won't make it. Another improper foundation design, and I knew this part would take me the longest, is gender roles. Gender role is the role that each person plays in the home. Now, you can't build your foundation off of anyone else's foundation. If you're in a home where the woman is the breadwinner and the husband stays home, that's on y'all. Don't keep looking outside and say, well, her husband gonna work too. Not if this is how you establish your foundation. This is what you all decided to do. Well, he take out the trash every night. Here I am dragging the trash out. What gender role did you establish? Don't keep looking down the street and like, look at him washing her car on Saturday again. <laughs> you can't get your car washed. You driving to the car wash yourself. You have to establish your gender roles in your own relationship. And then be willing to keep those gender roles. Y'all, it gets serious when the breakdown happens. When we came together, I was the housekeeper. You said you was going to manage the money. So all of the bills, you manage. You pay them. You know when they do. You know all of that. But now in the middle of the thing, I'm mad. I want to change the gender role. The only way that you can do that is that you all had agreement and understanding to be fluid enough 
and that I'm not looking everywhere else to find my gender role. I had a lady tell me, and she was so hurt. She says, I get up every morning, and I iron his clothes, and I make his lunch every day. Like, do you know, and she was, I mean, crying upset. Do you know he left the lunch on the counter today and he said he was going to eat lunch with the guys? <laughs> my mama made lunch every day for my daddy. I said, what was the agreement? Do he want your lunch? <laughs> he want to eat lunch with the guys. They go to Roberto's or wherever <laughs> There's nothing against your lunch. He don't want it. And it don't have to be like your mama, and he don't want you to pick out his clothes. He want to, it don't have to be. And so that was an improper foundation uh, design. And hold on, I got one more here, improper foundation design. You got your priorities out of order. And it's causing foundation failure. Priority Husbands and wives and single people, get it right early. Is God, your spouse, your kids, mama them? God, your spouse, the kids, mama them. But for some of us, the design is all wrong because we got um, mama them at the top. The kids are at the top. And he falls somewhere or she falls somewhere at the bottom. Your kids are not primary to your spouse. Oh, I got two people. <laughs> oh, y'all scared. I got two people like, I don't know, because my kids. Improper foundation design. If you don't have your spouse in a primary place, if everybody else is coming before your spouse, that is not the way it should be designed. And I don't know which spouse would say that. You know, when I say you have to be into agreement, I don't know which spouse would agree. Okay, yeah, go ahead and, and put the kids and your mom and them before me. I don't know about who, I don't know who would say that. I'm going to leave it right there. Woo. Get them kids down out of your spouse's position. Put them back into a primary space in your life. I know you love your kids and me too. But you chose marriage. Take a look at how God married him. It was man and woman. He did not put those kids in first and he did not put them in at the same time. He could have. He could have gave the whole family all at one time. Man, woman, and kids. Here, here's everybody. He did not do that. He did not do that. And so put them in their place. Um, the next one is, and I won't spend too much time here, is you built your foundation with faulty construction materials. 
Latouz was old. Y'all found this picture, and I absolutely love that. Look at what's holding up the house. Look at the tools that they decided to use to hold up the house. Those are faulty construction tools. The house is not going to make it because of what you're trying to, to build with. You built that house with dishonesty and it was faulty. You built it with, uh, built it with mistrust. Uh, you, you built it with poor counsel. Faulty tools. Uh, what they told you to do in that marriage and you did it. It was not truth. It was not built on truth. Actually, it was dishonest. Which whatever you didn't tell the truth about. Yourself, your health, your family, your money, whatever it is, it was a faulty tool that it was built with. And tools, like I said before, from an old relationship. Well, this is what we used to do. This is what we always did. Well, why y'all not together still? And wise counsel. You're building your relationship on poor counsel. They ain't even married. They've never been. But you taking count, girl, if I was you. And from your bodies that's cheating on their wife. But you're taking counsel and you're building and taking advice from them. That is a faulty construction materials. Whew. That's a lot, and I know it is. But causes of foundation failure, poor soil conditions, lack of proper drainage, improper foundation design, and the use of faulty construction materials. But there's good news. Somebody said there's good news. There's good news. I found out that you can repair a house foundation without demolishing the house. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm like, if the house, the whole foundation is faulty, don't you have to take the house off of it to repair it? No, you don't. You don't have to demolish the house to repair the foundation. Now, it's going to take you some works, but some work. But guess what? Your marriage is worth it. It's worth it. So for those of you, now some of you are like, my foundation looking pretty good. And so then I just want to take you to take these tips so you can keep a constant watch. For some of you, the foundation is in foundation failure. And so you need to take these and add these right now. You need to go to work. The first thing that you need to do is review the house. Review the house. Review. Relook at it. Relook at your marriage. Relook at your house. Relook at how things are going on. Stop just floating on the top and never getting down into the deep of anything. Look for cracks. Look for things that's not working anymore. Look for settling. Sometimes a house begins to settle. And it's lopsided. The leaning tower of Pisa. It's, 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 it's settling. You have to see, if, are you just settling now? Is your spouse just settling? Is everything okay? Well, all right, okay, I will, okay. It, you, you just settle. There's no more push and no more fighting. You, you've settled for the relationship, and, and this is just what it's going to be. Look for separation. You're looking at a natural house. You can see separation between the foundation and the house. You can see separation between the window and the seal because your house is shifted. You have to review the house. And I want to say this for, for new couples, for new people. It says expect slight structural movement because the building is still settling under its weight. 
Don't be too hard on yourselves because you do have to settle in. The house has to settle to where it's going to be. But your house is not supposed to be in constant movement. You ought to have a sound foundation uh, for your house. So review the house. Take a look. Review it with your spouse. And everybody be available for the review. Don't get an attitude as soon as they say, we need to talk. Some people just run. Oh, God, they running for the hills. They don't want to have to talk. No review. Take notice of what they stop doing or what they don't do anymore. See if they're settling. See if there's separation. See if they'd rather be with somebody else. See if they're spending all their time with mom and them or with the kids or at work. See if there's separation. Review the house. The next thing you have to do is reset it with organic material. Because what happens is the soil underneath begins to shift and fade away. And so then the house has no foundation. But you have to reset it with organic material. That's prayer for us. That's the word of God. That's wise counsel. It's honesty. Tell them the truth. Be honest. Stop running and hiding. Stop saying, I don't care. Tell them the truth and get healthy. We're going to talk about that on next week, so I don't want to get, get too far gone on that. But, but be healthy. Put some organic material in there and then tell the truth. Tell them the truth. I'm not happy. I'm settling. There's separation. There's cracks in our relationship. We ought to be grown enough to be able to say that to one another and care enough to listen. And then you need to have regular irrigation. We must do the uncomfortable thing and openly talk about the concerns. Thank there you for joining us on today's episode. And I'm going to pray for that when we get into our prayer time because some of you are full of bitterness and resentment and you can't tell them. You haven't told them. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to start trouble. I said it already. But y'all, we're entering in into a time where we want to reset our marriages. That's enough of going along to get along. Let's just um, be honest. Irrigation means entering in of forgiveness. You have to let that stuff go. Talk about it and then let it go. You're going to have to have understanding and willingness. Do you even care about it? Do you even want to? You're going to have to give up the control. You're going to have to let pride and ego be washed out of the line so that your house can be built on this foundation. You're going to have to rest in your custom build. You got a custom build. Rest in your custom build. Your marriage is not cookie cutter. It doesn't look like everybody else's. It's not supposed to. It doesn't have to look like anybody else's. Stop comparing and looking out the window and rest in your custom bill. If you need to reset the foundation, reset it. But be in your house and in your foundation. Stop being jealous, envious of what I don't have. And be thankful for what you do have. And work on it. And then remember that marriage is a God idea. It's a God idea. Build your house on the rock. He is a firm foundation. 
For some marriages, they have everything except Jesus. For others, they have Jesus, but they won't lean in. They won't go to him. He wants to help. He wants to intercede. Invite him into the repair and even into the building process for those of you who are going to begin to build. Had him in. In the story of the three little pigs, when the mother first sent them out to build their houses, she said, remember this, always work hard and never let a stranger into your home. We're going to talk about stranger danger in the month. We, I think that's third Sunday. We're going to talk about the others. But on today, remember to always work hard. And so you have to ask yourself, am I working hard in my marriage? Am I working hard in my relationship? Have I given up? Don't take the easy, lazy way out. For that house was built with straw. It's not going to last. Care about it. I'm ready, Keith. Care about it. Be tender with it. Stop talking about it. Some of y'all talk so bad about your spouse. Did you not know that there's power in your words and that you're pulling that thing toward you? It's coming. Everything that you're saying, you're wondering why they can't get right. That's because you're speaking that into existence. Care about it and be tender with it. Stop treating your marriage like an old shoe. It'll be over there in the corner. No special place for it. But when I need it, I know where to find it. It's over there. We, this is God's idea. But we treat it like an old shoe that we kick off. Now, you didn't pay a lot of money for them shoes. You take them off and put them back in the box. You ain't got them stuff under the bed. But that old shoe, you walk on the back of it. You don't tie it up. And it's in the corner until you're like, oh, yeah, I still got those. And then you put them on. That's not God's idea for marriage. This is what God says. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended. The floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. I want all of us to be able to say, let that big bad wolf come huffing and puffing over here. Let him come over here if he want to. But he can't blow my house down. And we're going to talk about what that wolf really looks like. But I want us to be so set in our foundation that we can say, let him come. And I don't mean that the storms won't come and beat against the house. But you won't blow it down. You won't get it down. Because we have a firm, solid foundation. 
I know that's a lot of information, you all. But I just want you all to stand all over the place. If you are here with your spouse, um, come on up. I want us to pray. I know our time is spent because we are going to take communion. But I just want to touch and agree with you. And for those of you who your spouse is not here, come on up. And for those of you who are like, no, I, I, I want to be married and I need all of this. Then you come on up. And we're just going to pray really quick because we're going to go into our time of communion. But I want you to stand. To, I absolutely love this. Y'all come up a little bit closer so the people behind you can come in. I am grateful for the people who are standing for their marriage. I'm grateful for those who are saying, I, I need a new foundation. And so we are going to uh, pray. Y'all look good. Y'all look good. I'm praying. Really pray today as we pray. You don't have to lay out in here in front of everybody what's really going on. Or even if it's super. But I really want you guys to, to turn to one another. If you can, take both hands so y'all can face each other. Because it's not about the altar. It's about you. It's about you and your spouse. I know some of y'all are like, oh, I haven't looked at them this long for a long time. Look at them real good. Life has preoccupied a whole bunch of things. But it's still me and you. Woo! It is still me and you. And we have decided to go the whole way. So if you had desire to be married, if you are serious about it, let us pray. Father God, I just say thank you. I thank you, oh God, for these, your people. I thank you that marriage, oh God, family, it's a God idea. And so I thank you, oh God, that you bless us, oh God. You're still officiating over marriages. You're still speaking well over marriages. You're still, oh God, calling them together. And so we just say thank you. Oh God, we lift up the foundations of these marriages. We lift them up, God, and I say thank you that you are improving, that you are working in them, God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, oh God, that we, oh God, we're resetting. Oh God, we're pouring new foundations. Oh, God, we're going to renew what it looks like. We're willing to do the hard work. We don't want to be the lazy, easy ones, God. But we want to be those that put in the work on our marriages. So, God, heal in the name of Jesus. And, God, those who need drainage, bitterness has set in. Resentment has set in. Anger is in the way. Oh, God, we need supernatural help, God, for you to heal these marriages. In the name of Jesus, speak a word, God. Speak a new word of life. In the name of Jesus, let honesty come. Let truth come. My God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the reset, oh God, of marriage. In the name of Jesus. And for those, oh God, who are here, those who said, I want marriage, God. I want to lay a right foundation, oh God. Even if I stay single, I still want a right foundation. And so, God, we speak over them, God. We thank you for intercession. We thank you, oh God, that you're sending forward partners. We thank you, oh God, that
that you're getting them well and healthy. We thank you, God, that you're in the preparation business. Prepare them, God, for the husband. Prepare them, oh God, for their wives. My God, let it be healthy, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Give us a right foundation. Give us agreement. My God, in the name of Jesus. So and so, God, we just said thank you. I just want to anoint everybody. He won't. Really quick. He won't fail. He won't fail. He won't.
trying to work it and it's just not working your life single or not I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite him into your life and so let's just say this prayer all together in the place Lord Jesus I need you you are the foundation I've made some mistakes come into my life Forgive me, and I'll make you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you said it for the first time, then just raise your hand. We just want to want to see you. We want to pray over you. If you're here for the first time and like, I needed to invite Jesus into my life. I think we're all, I don't see anyone. Uh, so we're going to move on into our uh, communion uh, right now. And it's all about Jesus. Oh, how he loves. went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. That's 
to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. That's love. Jesus went. Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. stretched him wide he hung his head for me he died that's love yeah that's love they hung him high they stretched him wide he hung his head for me he died that's love that's love The story is three days later he rose again that's love that's love that's not how that's not how the story is three days later he rose again that's love No greater love, no greater love, no greater love, no greater love. 
off this Jesus Loves theme. The house that marriage built. So come on back uh, every month, every, every Sunday this month, we are going to take a look at Jesus Loves in terms of marriage and family. Singles, if you want to get in on a con conversation, um, text me. We're going to build a singles conversation uh, of this month so that we're looking, so that we can look at it from your perspective. Um, I'm real good at that. I was single until I was 57. So wherever you at, I've been there, done that. Um, did it well. Did singleness well. So we're going to talk about, but I believe that it doesn't make sense for you to learn nothing about marriage until after you get married. The church always did that. They always put the single somewhere else while they talked about marriage, and that didn't make sense to me. That's like teaching you how to drive after we give you a license. And so, uh, singles, if you like to talk about it, everybody has my phone number, uh, so I don't mind you having it. So, if singles, you want to get in on a conversation as we talk, as you all talk, um, as I talk with you about your singleness in terms of what we'll be discussing. Uh, my number is 702-812-1174. So all the singles that want uh, to be in on a conversation, 702-812-1174. Uh, you got everybody have your phone number? Yes, everybody has it, 702. I'm a minister, 812-1174. What good is a preacher you can't find? 702. 8121174. You have to text me though, because uh, I, I probably won't answer the phone if you call me. But if you text me, I'll make sure that we put that together. So come on back, invite people uh, to come out with us. Pastor Sharonda um, has a wonderful, successful marriage and wonderful, successful parenting. And she's been married a long time and she's a person of love. Uh, she loves marriage and God has given her. A ministry uh, to a marriage and family and so we're going to let her do that all month like I said I just got married a couple years ago so uh, that's that's but singleness I can tell you about that ministry I can tell you all about that but actually I do marriage as well I'm a psychologist and so I've been doing marriage and family therapy for over 30 years um, I know people don't usually they want you to be married too, but what I'm going to tell you is I've studied hundreds of marriages where most of you have only studied yours, but I've studied hundreds of marriages. Um, and the word of God, All we're going to tell you the same thing because it's what the Bible says about marriage. So come on back the rest of the month. Um, it is prayer week. It is prayer week. We're fasting Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday until 3 o'clock. Uh, this time, do a little different fasting until 3 o'clock. And then we will um, uh, be in here. All prayer week is going to be here at Aliante from 6 p.m. to 7.15. We have the prayer giants this week. We have uh, Pastor Sharonda and Pastor Tiffany. Our prayer generals are going to minister prayer this week. Uh, it's going to be good, yes. Uh, so this is prayer week. We're fasting and pray every first Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of every month at New Antioch. We pray. We believe in prayer. But they have a, a We Love Community Meet and Greet. Um, that is uh, the central campus. 
is doing an outreach to the community. So you guys feel free to come by. It's, we're going to be in our. In, it's going to be in the new building. Uh, community resources, crafts, music, and food. But we're inviting the community to come see New Antioch. So that's that one that is up. The, uh, I'm going to skip to the coat drive. Uh, for the coat drive, this is our Sunrise Campus. So we have two. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, we're one church at three sites. Our central site is is doing a meet and greet. Our sunrise site is doing a great community event. It's a coat giveaway. So people can come from that community and receive a coat if they need one. Uh, we need more coats. We're really trying to get about 100 more coats. People are already uh, showing interest on our Facebook page. So if you can, if you have gently used gently g gently you know that coat you wore three times really didn't like it put it in your closet and it's gently used uh please bring those but there's nothing we are not poor people go to the store and buy somebody a coat you can buy a kid a kid's coat for 12.99 somewhere and so uh you can buy new coats or uh bring gently used coats bring them all week uh, we'll be here every night, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 6 p.m. Drop them off here. But now that you have my phone number, it will come get them. We want to minister to the community. That's going to be Saturday from 10 to 12 out at on our Lake Mead location um, for our coat drive. But we need you to bring the coats here. Um, we're not going to do all of this today because of the time. Uh, but Kingdom Academy, those classes... Uh, get that flyer and the classes for our, that's our training institute um, for ministry training. You can get that class as well. Uh, there's also a six-month kingdom leaders uh, class that I teach. That flyer should be there. Um, it's on the outside. Get that flyer. I have room for five more people. I take 20 people through this training every year. It's a free training. Uh, the Kingdom Academy is not treat free but uh, the kingdom leadership training is a free training but you must commit for the six months that flyers out there our acs community achievement center has scholarships y'all come get this money free money uh for school uh so a scholarship program get that particular flyer it's out there uh and all you have to do is an essay and and an application so if they're seniors or in college now they are eligible for this scholarship. Amen. Get that, is that flyer out there? That's where our, uh, our own Dr. O is doing a men's conference. And so men, get that flyer. What else? All right, that should be it. If you did not have an opportunity to give, you can give uh, on your way out. These are the times, the ways that you can give. Uh, online, our text, our cash app, or you can give those envelopes on the way out uh, or in if you want to give by credit card, um, or rather by debit card, uh, then that's to my right. Please, uh, there's a blessing in giving. There's a blessing in giving, and this is good ground. Amen. We are standing. God bless you all, all our visitors. This is a little bit longer service because of communion, uh, but we have a good time over here and I declare because you step foot in New Antioch you shall be blessed if this is a place for you you can also see our visitors table right outside and say I want to join this church because we sure want to join you amen 
Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for a wonderful day. We thank you for your love, for the depth, the width, the breadth of your love for all of us. God, take us to our various homes. Bring us back at the appointed times. God, give us a wonderful prayer week. But throughout this week, God, we need to meet that just one person that needs to meet you. Give us divine appointments this week for somebody that needs to be saved. And now, God, as we leave this place, we never leave your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Love on somebody. If you're looking for a church, we have three campuses conveniently located across the valley. We have our essential campus. That's 2909 West Washington. Service time is at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Next, we have our Aliante campus. That's 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100, North Las Vegas, Nevada, 89084. Service time is at 12.30 p.m. on Sundays. Then we have our Sunrise Christian Fellowship. Their service is at Saturday at 6 p.m. at 4344 West Cheyenne. So we look forward to seeing you. Come on in, meet Jesus, change your life, and find your purpose. We promise you, your life will never be the same once you step foot in any of our new Antioch Christian Fellowship campuses.